This is Damon Albarn, and you're listening to Hallelujah Monkeys, the number one gorillas podcast in the world. Hello and welcome to Hallelujah Monkeys. My name is Dylan Flynn for June 11th. And my name is Trevor Ickrath, live on June 11th. Wild. What a, what a time to be alive as this. Yes, welcome to the first live-streamed episode of Hallelujah Monkeys, if you're listening to it live or listening to it at some point in the future. This is a thing we did. This is like our holograms. A little bit. Yeah, the holograms are finally here. I wish I knew some... I wish I knew more about streaming culture so I could make some good, like, live-streaming jokes, like... Ooh, uh, uh, press F in the chat for respect. Pay respect, press F in the chat. Can we get some pogs, whatever those are? Kappa? That's a thing. I don't know what that one is. What's a pog, though? I keep seeing that. I don't know what that one is either. It seems like we know... All different stuff, but also barely anything. All right, what if I do this? I'm looking at the chat right now, by the way. We have a very active chat going on to Discord. Thank you guys so much for joining us this evening. But how about I do this, all right? Poggers. Poggers. People are typing poggers in the Twitch chat right now also. Great, okay. So that's that means something to you all out there. <laughs> and it means nothing to me and something to you in as much as you know that it's a thing. Yes. You know what else is a thing? What's a thing? News about our favorite band, Gorillas. All right, Leah, let's, for the first time in however long it's been, let's get into the news. It's all good news now. Wasn't it your mother, Trevor, who famously said... <laughs> Careful. <laughs> I'm treading lightly. About the... Uh, Damon's threats to take the band away for 10 years at the end of the Phase 5 tour. Wasn't it your mother who coined the, the term, their little break? Yes, I, I believe that was her. Could not have been more correct. And it, to me, it's like, you know, we're all, the stuff that's happening, we're getting to it. Don't worry, that's in this episode. But in a way, it kind of feels like gorillas aren't really back. Until they got a date on the books. A live date? And they got a date on the books. The first post-Demon Days disbandment live date has been announced, Trevor. Right, it's at some kind of festival, right? Yeah, unfortunately for us, it's in Barcelona. I don't think we'll be making it to that one. I don't think we'll be making it to that one. It's at the Primaveri Sound Festival, it'll, which runs from the 2nd through the 6th of June of next year. Uh, and we've only got a partial list of acts, but it is massive. Like it's a big festival with a stacked lineup for sure. In a world where I'm not like a father, a full time dad, I could totally see myself like getting psyched up enough to actually drop the cash it would take to go to this thing. So there's going to be here's just a few examples: Trevor, uh, Brock Hampton, The Strokes, Tyler the Creator, Beck, Pavement, The National, The Jesus and Mary Chain. And then, and then there's also going to be a couple of uh, confirmed Gorillas family members. Lil Sims is going to be there. Jenny Beth is going to be there. So you know, popping off in Barcelona. Yeah, maybe we'll get a uh, Garage Palace and that kind of stuff. Although you never know. What didn't we get that we wanted? Oh yeah, Kilo. Kish I mean, was you, there. you never even know if that's if if that festival is even going to happen, considering COVID and everything, right? Are we? Yeah, are we yeah. expecting that live music to be back by then? Good point. Good point. Are they, it's like not only have we been away, but the world has has drastically changed. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like we at least needed to touch on it in our first episode back since 
everything popped off. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm being told in the chat not to kill the vibe, so let's move okay, on. Okay, okay. Uh, next news story. Gorillas have announced to celebrate their 20th anniversary uh, a way that you can give them money. It is a book. It is called The Gorilla's Almanac. This is another... Is this another... I'm, I'm confused as to what this thing is. is. Is it another Jamie Hewlett art book? Is this a follow-up to Rise of the Ogre? Let's take you down the log line here, okay? Okay. It's going to be 120-plus full-color pages that include old and new artwork, uh, a comic strip starring the band, and then it also says, plus... Puzzles, games, and a raft of special guest appearances from Gorillaz collaborators, past and present. Um, okay, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. It doesn't sound like it is going to be Rise of the Ogre, though, right? No, it sounds more just like a... Like a coffee table book. Like a Gorillaz coffee table yeah. book. And it, and it releases in October. So all it's, there's three editions, Trevor. It's like the... Right in time for Halloween. Yeah. It's like the... I love... Noodle's birthday. I like Gorillaz enough... To own a book about them edition, the I like gorillas too much, and I decided to spend more money to own a book about them edition. And then finally, the I'm flexing how much I love gorillas in a way that perhaps someday I will have regretted <laughs> spending this much money edition. Yeah, isn't the isn't the isn't the isn't the most expensive one like five hundred? No, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I think the Americans okay. what like two fifty or something. That version sold out. So all of those they still a lot, still a lot for a book with probably like two pieces of new art and like a crossword where like the answer is like Cortez the, or something. Those people are paying for an edition that is signed by Jamie Hewlett and also has like a special art piece in the form of its unique packaging. Do you think Jamie Hewlett has as cool a signature as Damon Albarn? Because, you know, he likes to do the piece thing in the O, which I've always thought is a nice oh, touch. Oh, good point. And if I'm shelling out, if I'm shelling out $250 for virtually an autographed copy, I want, you know, some kind of interesting take on a signature there. Well, you know, it, it would be funnier if it was just, like, chicken scratches, you know? <laughs> sure, or, or just a stamp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's only, it was only, like, 200 it was a 200 series print, I think. They only made 200 of them. The deluxe edition for 100 is like a little bit larger than the standard edition, and it comes with four art prints and a sticker sheet, and then it's signed by the the, the virtual members of the band. Uh, Could always use more Gorilla stickers. But the, here's the part that's confusing to me. Um, the standard version, and all, actually all three of the versions, come with a CD that has featuring music from Song Machine Season 1. That's the language they use. Mm-hmm. October. Does that mean season one's done by then, or is there, or do we get a partial season one CD? There's no way we're going to get like the the next few months of it in October, right? I mean, what did you say it was billed as? Music from the first season of Song Machine. That sounds like it's going to be an incomplete collection. Yeah, probably right. Like it, the, the, that's almost the most enticing thing about it to me because it kind of feels like oh what if that's the only physical release of the phase six music you know 
like, oh, I better, I better snatch that up. Right, but who, who wants like seven or eight of the twelve songs or whatever? Or maybe the season doesn't go a whole year. Maybe the season goes to October and then it's done. That's also possible. Yeah, you know, you know, the British they do like their shorter seasons. You look at The Office. That's true. You look at Faulty Towers. Those are all like six episodes. Yeah, that's so true. You and I are coming at this, and a lot of other people are coming at this with a with an American mindset, which might not be the best move there you know we've been burned in the past thinking it was pronounced garage palace (laughs) garage palace yeah 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 Yeah. garage garage palace we all remember Mm -hmm. so okay so that's the that's the gorilla's almanac i did buy my copy i did buy a standard 30 dollar copy though i just couldn't convince myself to pull the trigger on the 100 certainly not the 200 whatever i couldn't do it couldn't do it. I haven't I haven't invested in any edition myself yet, but I may. I may. Trevor, you remember in a past episode of this show, I was visiting my my grandfather who was like sick nearing the end of his life and uh, and he spoke about our demon days experience, offered me a little wisdom. It was a very touching moment. One thing he said in that conversation to me, he's he's gone now. That was the last time I got to spend time with him and it was really special. But one of the things he said to me in that conversation is when death comes to town, you should leave the house, go out on the street, meet it, and have a conversation. So, let's do that. Let's talk about death, and let's talk about loss, and let's talk about a really important member of the Gorillas family, and a founding member of, of the Good, the Bad, and the Queen, and like one of the most influential like genre-creating percussionists in fucking history, uh, Tony Allen, who died... In, at age 79. Yeah, drummer of Rocket Juice and the Moon himself, Tony Allen. <laughs> Rest in peace. No, I mean, Tony, look, the, the, his, his style was utterly, totally singular, you know? So much so that when he started playing with Fela Kuti and they, they played in these combos together, people were like, this is a new genre of music. You know, this doesn't sound like... Because people talk about polyrhythms and syncopation rhythms and like, uh, the thing is, is that he could play like five rhythm lines by himself. Like he was a an orchestra of percussion. He said, he actually said, Trevor, I think to the Guardian in an interview in 2014, he said, I'm creating different patterns with my four limbs. They are all playing something different, which means you need to split your mind into four elements with one central idea running through amazing amazing approach to playing drums fascinating i mean you have to have a completely different brain to play that way you know it's 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 a real it's a real bummer that this guy passed i do feel fortunate that you and i got to see him uh play live briefly when we went to uh, the demon days festival yeah i mean a fucking he was a living legend and he was such a huge part i'm also super glad he hung in there for that last good the battle and the queen record because i don't know about you but i'm i'm not sure if i can even imagine that band as, as much as Danger Mouse wanted to get me to try, I'm not sure I can imagine that band without him. Yeah, I was thinking about this, too. I don't know that I want more... I don't think that there should be further Good Bad Queen material. It kind of... He f- feels like too too much of a presence, a personality, and a, and a sonic ingredient to make... It would just feel weird. I mean, like, the Good, the Bad, and the Queen, like, in its lineup, always felt to me like it was meant to be representing, like multiple parts of the British sound as Damon saw it. And it would definitely feel like the project was like not living up to its purpose and intent. If it was just like 
three white dudes. For sure. The multiculturalist aspect of it, especially in the post-Brexit world, became, like, such a big part of it, you know? And, like, mm -hmm. yeah, obviously both Paul and Damon are, are British dudes who, like, really look to outside of British music influences, so they brought their, their own influences. But, I mean, Tony is just, like, he's a big part of that. I just don't, I couldn't imagine them doing another one that way. Um, gorillas found their own way to pay respect to, to Tony, which I thought was like kind of an awesome thing that happened. Yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to touch on it in the round table, but because it's not like an official song machine episode, but do you want to take a listen to a little bit of how far real quick? Yeah. How far the song featuring Tony Allen and, uh, and Skepta that was released, I believe just a couple of days after we found out about Tony passing away. Yeah. It's definitely, it feels like a somewhat minor entry in the song machine series but i do think it's kind of a jam so let's take a listen <laughs> yeah walk on brother time to hustle for the money give a change to your mother change them sheets you got stains on the cover better look sharp now your face on the cover like a chameleon see you change in your color crabs in the barrel wanna hate on each other so my life gets better whatever the weather i dance in the rain and i bathe in the summer it's the black coli i actually think it reminds me more of rocket juice in the moon than any like other gorilla song or like or it reminds me of that more than any other damon project at least hadn't even considered that that's a really good point yeah it does have nobody nobody remembers that record is even a thing poison it's a good song go give it a, a very good song there, there are a couple of real jams on that one we'll review it someday maybe when we're 80 or 90 years old <laughs> maybe i don't know i don't know say this is this say. says i think i think this is minor this feels fairly minor but I also think it might actually, because it was recorded right before the quarantine started. Um, oh, really? Yeah, or at least Tony's part was. It might actually be like the last recorded Tony Allen performance, which is really special that we had that. If so, especially because he does make a vocal appearance on the song too. He has that little yeah. He he laughs at the beginning. He goes uh, he goes later in the track. He goes a d day erore oya, which means uh, get up your ideas and your money. Interesting. But yeah, it is cool to hear him do a vocal contribution as well as the drums, which like obviously sound great. I don't necessarily like super lock into what Skepta is doing here. He do he kind of comes off as like standard grime MC guy to me. Um, a little bit. I don't love the hook. I do think he gets in a couple of good lines in the verses. I particularly like "Always oh, Gonna Be a Judas at the Last Supper" and my favorite, "Every Day Somebody Die." Still, mothers give birth to more babies, which is fucked up if you think about it i think my favorite line is when he goes i'm just taking what's mine till elizabeth returns the diamonds <laughs> also a very good one yeah yeah come on royal family give back all that fucking stolen shit right who's the real looters yeah no doubt they're next after the cops royals they're next <laughs> i'm all for it yeah it's it's uh it's not the most athletic or inventive Alan performance, but I mean, just it's a significant one for where it comes in his life, and I'm really happy that we have it. I wish that Damon would like reach into the archives and give us some of that other stuff, you know, because he's got a, a mountain of good, bad queen stuff. I bet he just has hours and hours of tape of Tony playing drums. I think he would just set him up and record it, probably. We know for a fact the, that the the jam that birthed all alone has has tony allen on it would love to hear that i definitely forgot that but yeah 
Let it out, Damon. We, you love the guy. He was like a he was like a like family to you. You know, don't sit on that stuff. It'll be interesting like, to see if we get a Bobby Womack esque tribute to Tony Allen at that uh, next festival set. Can't you can't be too sad for a dude who lived such an incredible life. I mean, what a fucking just a list of goddamn accomplishments. Really cool. Plus, he was like old as hell, right? Yeah, he was like almost eighty, and he rode the ride. Good, cool ride. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Do we have any more news? That's it. That's it. We're done with the All news. Right. I mean, there's been others like, oh, Instagram posts. I don't know, man. I just want to keep it to three. Yeah, I was I was particularly, I was very excited. I don't know if you caught this, but a few days ago, the girls members updated their G-mixes on Spotify. <laughs> if we were week to week, I could see maybe, maybe. We'd be frothing at the mouth for that kind of thing. Yeah, but in, in I'm not going to sit here and talk about six months of, of gorillas tweets and Instagram posts. I'm not going to do it. I refuse. Definitely not. But do you want to talk about the Song Machine songs? Phase six? Question mark. Let's get into the round table. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Dylan, I don't think we really need to for anybody listening to this, but let's talk about what the Song Machine Project actually is. So that's, it's, I'm so glad that you started there, Trevor, because this is immediately where I feel like I, t- I go to take that, I'm going down the stairs. You go to take that next step that you're expecting in your head, maybe it's a little dark, boom, it's the bottom. There's no extra step. You've, <laughs> your, your brain is like, what's going on? That's what's happening to me right now. I'm interested in seeing where you're going with this analogy. Because usually, Trevor, always, Trevor, when we have new gorillas material, here's what else we have. Context for new gorillas material. In the in the in the in the now now, oh Murdoch's in jail, we have a new bassist, right? Sure. In in humans, oh it's a party at the end of the world. Plastic Beach, without saying, all of them. This time it's just like yeah, gorilla songs are coming out. There's no narrative, right? It's unprecedented. It's weird, and it's and it's made honestly. It's made me struggle to form my own context for what this is. This is phase six, right? Isn't it? Isn't it? I don't know if I would call it. It doesn't feel like a phase for me. It feels like we're in phase five point five, but for once in their goddamn lives, the boys are doing something about it. Or during it. They're doing something kind of substantial about it, too. A new song a new song every month, it's been, right? With a accompanying video? I don't want to tip my hat here too much, but it's not like we're getting, you know, a fucking mix two every month. We're getting a single. Right, a very, like, well-fleshed-out song with new guest collaborators, new, like, substantial Damon parts. I'm sure the fan base is, like, very excited about that. And then I like there's there's minimal backgrounding here. I think Russell in a in a in a uh, uh, press release said like we feel like the the album is dying and we want to move forward from it. That's something he said. Gorillas have always been a progressive band, all the way back to those Internet Explorer commercials they did in 2010. And Damon and Remy gave this BBC interview where they said a bunch of stuff. One of the things they said was like 
maybe towards the end of the season there'll be like a story that starts to emerge. But I don't think we've seen anything like that yet. Well, we've got dribs and drabs. There's there's like have we inklings of things in the videos? I feel maybe maybe. I have to admit I haven't been keeping up with the videos as much as I've been keeping up with the songs and even the songs. I feel like. It took me until preparing for this episode to really sit down with them. Like, I've played them regularly since they came out. Every now and then I will return to them. But they feel like they didn't make much of an impact on me until we decided to do this episode about them. I don't, I, I've had that same experience, and I don't know what to attribute that to, Trevor. Are we a couple of, like, old asses who are just stuck in the past, in the album-oriented release model past, and we we feel like... Oh, we'll we'll give this a look when it's a real thing, when it's like a finished thing. I feel like there may be an element of that to it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm just it's it's been like an uphill battle for me as a I think what am I seventy four years old as a as a very old man to listen to these songs and be like, okay, I'm here with you. This is the future. We got a, a song a month. That's the release model. Each thing is its own complete thing. I love it. It's harder for me to do that. It doesn't feel like as much of an event to me when a new Gorilla song drops as when, like, oh, my God, we have an album to go through. So, yeah, that, that's been my experience, too. Imagine how, like, blown your former self's mind would be if you were able to talk to yourself in, like, phase 3.5 and say, like, yeah, I'm from 2020. We get a, a new Gorilla song every month now. Like, that's pretty <laughs> crazy. We don't know how good we have it. Yeah, I, I don't. That's exactly it. I, I feel like I don't know how good I have it. But just because I haven't been getting super excited whenever one of these things drops. Like, I think, for example, Friday 13th, I think it took me, like, a day to listen to that song. Like, I waited a whole day before going, like, oh, yeah, new Gorilla single. I'll check that out. Even though I'm not getting, like, super jazzed and excited, it's very cool that this is a thing now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I. It's so cool. And I think part of the reason it's cool is the quality of this output. Yes, because we'll, we'll talk about it. But I'm a fan of these tracks. What else is there to say, really? The, the, I guess the other thing that makes this part of the job a little harder, the let's pick these things apart and see what's going on, is we can't really talk about overarching theme or like what a phase six gorilla song sounds like with as much authority as we could if we had a, a, a piece like an album. We do kind of have to just look at these as little islands in the stream. Sure. I do think that as more songs have started to come out, there is like a prevailing overall mood that I started to notice while reviewing the tracks for this for this app. A song machine sound, if you will. Maybe not even a sound, but like a vibe. And I don't know if it's reflective of the current you know, everything else that's going on, because I think these songs are being recorded, like, kind of in real time, right? Or are they releasing them from some kind of backlog? It's um, it's a, it's like a fucking cursed mirror of murkiness and rolling just clouds. and don't know. We can't know. We can't know. We can't know. But what we can do is talk about these songs. But yeah, you do, you do, I agree though, you do feel with this monthly release model like, oh, this kind of feels like it's about this thing that's going on right now, you know? Like, there is some of that going on, right? Yep, yep. Let's just dive in. Let's just fucking get our Let's dive in. fingers all greasy and disgusting and dive into this first Song Machine song. Yes, this is Momentary Bliss, featuring Slow Tie and Slaves. Better than this. 
Okay, so I I could have swore to you that that right there was Damon until I finally like watched this video for real because I listened to this song a few times. It was also a little it was also a little tricky for me on my first couple listens to recognize who was doing what. On I believe song. that's Isaac Holman of, of Slaves, English English punk rock duo Slaves, who I believe is their drummer as well. Is that uh, the worst name for a band that you've seen recently? Slaves. Because uh, yeah, I, I, I see it. I see this track build as gorillas featuring slow tie and slaves and i don't think of it as featuring two different artists i just think of like you know featuring slow tie and you know some slaves just various slaves that gorillas have <laughs> and i mean slow tie as a moniker also has its own kind of cultural appropriation going uh, on, right? a little bit i guess yeah uh this one this one was released january 30th and uh was produced by damon and remy and what do you think about momentary bliss I love it, man. It took me a couple listens to, like, I don't know, get used to it. But now I think it's a real banger. And I, I don't know if any of these songs have reached, like, classic Gorilla Song status for me yet. But I could see this one getting there. Uh, I think that this song also took me, like, a, a good while to wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. It's very dense. It's also very weird. It's very weird. Something we should... Uh, start doing which we decided we were going to do for this episode is you know we don't have an album to talk about so we can't do the whole gorillatives thing that we usually do right but you had the good idea that we uh each pick a single gorillative for each of the song machine tracks I which i've that. done have you, did, did you do that too. cool we're ready so what's what's your gorillative for momentary bliss i you know what i gotta say i'm 85 percent of the way pleased with this i feel like i never quite found the right match for my feelings about it but i went with alchemical Okay, I like that. Because I feel like there's a there's a synth pop sensibility here, there's a grime and UK hip hop sensibility here, and there's a pop punk sensibility here. And it the, it feels like a jam of those three things until the common ground is found, you know, until until you get the thistle and the hogswort and the and the the boulderberry and then you you're like oh fuck now i got a disappearing potion you give that thing a swig you're dead you did a bad job but damon albarn did a good job and this is like oh my god i hear it i see it uk rap and and synth pop and pop punk it's very it's very brit pop although in a much more like 21st century way that does a better job of reflecting the diversity of the country's artistic voices it's it's but it's got like a big bruv energy yeah i definitely i'm also being that. told by friend of the show you asked in the chat that mike dean produced this song really is that true that's what he says and you know what by this point i trust him to know more about gorilla songs than you do sure why not i'll take it mike dean made it <laughs> <laughs> thanks you <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's just you know what it actually the my closest analog in the Gorillas back catalog for to this song, Trevor, is do you think? I definitely get that. I I feel like this is like um, you know, da- this speaks to my relative, which is uh, rowdy. Uh, Damon's always been a proponent of this philosophy where every album needs a short burst of punk energy. Like you can see that going all the way back to like you know like uh, Park Life with um, Bank Holiday and stuff like that to like Gorillas tracks like punk and white light glitter freeze in a way this feels like the first time he stretched out his like typical punky interlude into a whole song 
And it fucking kind of rules, right? It's really good. I think it's really good. It's the punk. It's the punk touches that really do push it over the top for me too. Like that's mm-hmm. there's the I think, the, oi 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 oi. Yeah, exactly. That moment when Slow Tie, like if you can't beat him, join him, and slips into that like kind of classic knucklehead buzzcocks punky melody when he's like, "There's a hole in your pocket and you cannot find the change." It's just like you just get the feeling like, oh, these three dudes like fucking really got in the same playground and just went for it together, you know? Yeah, the, the whole song, and especially Slow Tie's, like, presence and performance on it, reminds me of, uh, you know, it's it's often been said that, like, uh, of all the bands that have influenced Gorillaz, no, more, no band has made more of a significant impact on them as Terry Hall and the specials. And I think this oh, sounds totally. exactly like a special song. Like, if the specials were a new band... In that first started making music in 2020, this is exactly what I think they would sound like. Even like the Turkey Twizzlers line, which I like a lot, feels very much like something you would come across in a special song. I figured out what a Turkey Twizzler is. Isn't it like it's some kind of like fried chickeny microwavable snack in Britain, isn't it? A Turkey Twizzler, Jamie Oliver, did celebrity chef Jamie Oliver. This is how I know about them. Yes, he like fucking dug into the into the byline of the turkey twizzler and he's like it's people or whatever he found he found something <laughs> really damning about turkey twizzlers and then as a result they removed them from the british school lunches but then trevor the people got upset because they're like we want the the people how pissed would you have been as a young british schoolboy if you no longer had a turkey twizzler option at lunch i probably would have been livid I would have been bloody livid. Yeah, absolutely. I would have been throwing Molotov cocktails like so many people are right now for a much more legitimate reason. Uh, Turkey Twizzler. It's funny that he says it, right? And he calls somebody that. (laughs) It's a good lyric. He calls somebody a Turkey Twizzler and then he says, you deserve school lunches. dinners is he canceled though are we is that it for slow tie what even happened with this i remember seeing some clips at an award show of him kind of what what did he pull a kanye or something did he storm the stage did he attack somebody i got you fam okay so here's what happened it was the nme awards and he came up to accept the award that they give when people online vote for their favorite music artist which unfortunately is titled the hero of the year and, and the, pre- the presenter was a british comedian named Catherine ryan and slow tie got on stage he pulled her into him and asked her to spell his cologne he told okay. the audience he told the audience he was going to tend to her flowers okay yeah and then he called her baby girl and told her, if you want to do something, see me later. Now, that's bad. That's not good, right? You know, we could be so much better than this. Unfortunately, it's not done yet. Then an audience member yelled something at him disapprovingly because he was sexually harassing a woman on stage. Shout out to that guy. Uh, so he dropped the microphone, he chucked his drink into the crowd, and then he dived in to try to fight the dude. Who won? He was removed by security before fighting was able to happen. Okay, so not him. So Catherine Ryan said she did not feel threatened and that in her opinion it was a lot like dealing with a drunk heckler on stage as a comedian. Uh, And then Slow Tie tweeted that he was very sorry and that his award should be given to Catherine because he is not a hero. 
let's weigh in. Let's just fucking weigh in here. What? Let's decide what is to be done with slow tie. I mean, I definitely think what the dude did was bad. Uh, I'm glad nobody was seriously hurt. I don't know if I buy that apology of his. It's it's here's what I want to say. I think it's pretty standard drunk idiot asshole behavior. And if your friend pulled shit like that, you'd like you'd just go over the next day and have a fucking talking to and be like, if you can't respect people, you're not I'm not going out with you, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. When you do that shit on stage, when you become an effigy, uh, to put it into the Damon Albarn parlance, on stage, and you, like, glow like a golden calf of toxic masculinity in front of all the cameras, there is kind of a... There's kind of a, an argument that you should you should make a fucking example out of that, right? Like, you should give that dude a thorough spanking just so idiots watching are like oh you can't do that because some people might not know you can't fucking do that i think maybe we should just get rid of music award shows bad things seem to happen at that how about death of the author and from now on every band is like gorillas we don't know what anybody's face looks like or their real name and we enjoy their art and we never have to see what they do while they're drunk i'd say that'd be great if all celebrities were cartoon characters but hey Aren't they kind of already? <laughs> Can we talk about that little jazzy, like, easy listening piano outro vamp that Damon plays? I really like it. Yeah, that's that's very cool. It's a nice way to end the song. My favorite thing, though, about this one is probably Damon's vocal performance. Damon sounds extremely fired up on this one in a way that I can't remember him hearing, like, in the in the recent past. He sounds like, you know, the blur front man again or something. Yeah, he's really, he's, the oi oi comes out, you know? Yeah, he's he's in a really loose mood throughout this whole track, too. I love that he, they kept in him singing a little snippet of Lovely Rita by the Beatles, which you pointed out to me is a cool little sequel to him kind of incorporating a line from the Beatles song and your bird can sing earlier on, on melancholy Hill. Yeah. That was a John line. Here he goes for a Paul reference. It's fun to get a little, it's fun to get a little larger music universe nod in a gorilla's tune. You know, that's a cool, that's a cool thing to happen. Yeah. I think that I do think that moment though, where Damon does play that, that nice little jazzy higher piano outro is like, what a weird moment in that song because like, that you know like the flangery chorusy guitar comes back in that intros the song that that thing and then like they've added this new synth underneath it that's like whoop 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 this little bloopy thing you know it's just like a it's this like a musical slice of pizza with everything on it you know like here's a little here's a little little easy listening a little synth a little guitar whatever right this is a weird song and this is how we're doing it it's the perfect shitty dessert to the turkey twizzler that is the rest of the song (laughs) trevor you deserve school lunches you deserve school dinners i think is the actual lyric oh right that is the lyric well nevertheless uh i do want to quote can i I, we're not really talking about the machine bites here no i do have one to play just to give the listeners a taste of what they are we haven't brought them up yet they're these little every song machine release comes accompanied with one or two little uh, vocal bits featuring the gorilla's voice actors talking either to or about the song's collaborator. 
Yeah, they're pretty they're pretty disposable, but let's hear an example. Who are all these people? These are my friends. Um, yeah. I actually met these guys in um, Lidl in uh, in Shoreditch and um, we had a fight over oh, yeah. the last stolen. I said, look, let's just split the stolen. And we started chatting about things and he said, Oh, I'm 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 in this this band called And I said, Oh, I'm I'm in a band and do you wanna come hang out and do a little bit of work with us? And he was like, Yeah man. Yeah, that's how it started, really. Yeah, and he just brought him around. You don't know his background. I don't know his background, no. No. You know, you know his foreground? I know his foreground. This is very clear. His foreground's very clear. His background's a bit hazy. I, I do like the foreground background joke there. It feels kind of low effort, but... Probably the best one of those. That's about the level you're working with. Although in the slow tie one, he does, like, kind of weigh in on, on momentary bliss, and it's like grander meaning do you have what he says yeah he says it's about false idols and people who are not in control of their own destiny and they lay their destiny to other people and hold themselves to an industry that castrates the best of us very very now now ish in my opinion sure yeah looking at the music industry as like a machine goes all the way back to gorilla's roots you know i I don't know if i got there in the text (laughs) i don't know that i'm I mean, I like the idea of mausoleum faces and momentary bliss, and it's all good imagery. But I don't think I really locked into a big thematic read there as much. No, but it still does sound like a great, I think, specials-esque kind of kiss-off of a track. You get the you get the the kind of anger, I think. Yeah, definitely. Should we talk about the video? Yeah, I don't remember it because I I have to admit I did not revisit the videos for this episode. My bad. <laughs> what? But, Wild. I guess it's on me. But I do remember quite enjoying this when it came out. There's a little bit of uh, Noodle playing guitar animation, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's like they're in Studio 13. I actually have a one-sentence summary. Should I read it to you? You love those. Yeah, I'll do it. It's the format. We God bless the format. One-sentence summary. Musicians made from ink and paint and flesh and bone assemble at Studio 13 to play a tune together while Murdoch pits his own constitution against Damon Albarn's and loses. That's the most that's the most interesting thing about this video to me, is that Murdoch tries to poison Damon's drink. It doesn't work, so he tries the poison and he gets sick. I feel like we've learned a little something about their relative power levels. I guess you could put it that way. I mean, Damon has had a lot of poison in his body. There's a Rocket Juice in the Moon song about it. Maybe the whole Bronson's cocktail shit for Murdoch is just a lot of talk, you know? Maybe he's a little bit more of a lightweight than we than we realize. I forgot about that Bronson's cocktail thing. That's a deep pull. My favorite, like, single moment in that video, Trevor, is there's that shot where 2D is, like, standing at the sliding glass door in front of the balcony, and then Slow Tie is, like, pacing behind him like a madman, and he's, like... He's either practicing or writing his verse, staring at his phone as he like paces back and forth. It's really fun. It's a fun, fun moment. There's a good energy throughout the whole video. I guess I'll do the best dress just because that's part of our video format as well. I'll hell the format. Uh, best dress, Isaac Holman in a striped black and white t-shirt with a black belt, white slacks rolled into cuffs and black Doc Martens, especially, especially in those shots where he's performing his vocals and he's got this like this kind of sweet little boy look on his face and his arms are crossed behind his back so it kind of looks like he's he's in a church choir or something mm-hmm. it's a very well that's the classic liam gallagher stance 
Oh my god, you're fucking right, it is. I wonder if that was intentional or if that's just a thing British people do. Maybe maybe Damon's heart started racing. He's like, is this guy going to tell me I have AIDS? <laughs> uh, uh, remember when they played soccer against each other? Yeah. Or, or football, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's great. Anyway, Momentary Bliss, very good track. Very good track. And uh, and I think it's it's... We're gilding the lily at this point if we don't move on to Song Machine episode two. Desolate. Song Machine Episode 2, Desolée. Dylan, when did this one come out? This one came out February 27th. It features uh, Fatuma Diawara, a Malian singer-songwriter who is associated with the West African Wasulu genre of pop music, which is defined by mostly women performers and focusing on themes like childbearing and fertility and polygamy. Uh, here's something interesting, Trevor. The demon strings are all on this track, which is fairly obvious. There's a lot of strings there. Cool. But it also, it features those those that vocal chorus, the Desolée backing vocals, yep. are this, this French jazz vocal group called Voice Messengers. The track like credits all of them individually rather than as a group, but it's all six members of that group. So really they're kind of like the second collaborator here, Voice Messengers, the French vocal jazz group. Interesting, a little uncredited contribution there. Yeah, in the Rosie Wilson category, perhaps. She's also French. I'm building the conspiracy map in my head. Do you have a girl tip for this one? Yeah, I like this one more than the last one, but I think it'll be harder to explain. Uh, I, went, I went with buttressed. Buttressed. As in... Yeah, Webster's Dictionary defines. Well, it's like, you know, a buttress is like a, it's like one of those triangles that you put up against a wall so it doesn't fall down, you know? Right, yeah. And that's what I... That's the visual I get in my head. I feel like it's this, it's this, like... It's this little stack of sonic ideas that might tip over were it not for that solid motherfucking bass line keeping it all together, Trevor. Murdoch Nichols does it once again. The man's unstoppable. It's a good-ass bass line, isn't it? It's, it's very good. It's one of my favorite things about the song. I like how dancey it makes the song feel when, like, it doesn't really have arrangements that I would kind of associate with dance music. I think, like, it almost gets to, like, a disco point by the end of it. You know what it is? It's, it's got, it's almost got that, that Andromeda thing where it's propulsive without sacrificing the chill it moves forward as it leans back Trevor. sure andromeda is another song we don't realize kind of how intense it is just because the vibe is so like steadied and reflective and i think yeah that is another thing i got from this song uh my relative is troubled because Des- desolate Desola is french for sorry mm-hmm. and i think this song feels like it's about trying to reconnect and reconcile with someone and the like anxiety that comes with not being sure if that person will forgive you and i believe one of the uh, bambara lyrics sung by fatima roughly translates into friendship not successful as well and i think like you know if you were to interpret this song as being about say like one of the most significant partnerships and friendships in damon career 
his relationship with Jamie Hewlett, I think he would place this song like right before the reconciliation that we see happen in Humility. I could see that. I could see that read. I felt tempted to kind of let my brain go there, but I sort of, I sort of withdrew from that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did actually. You don't know this, but I did email uh, Fatumato's uh, manager to ask her what she's singing. Oh, really? Because I, this was one of the funnier things about the song. You texted me yesterday that if you go on the Genius page for this one. It, somebody has like kind of translated her lyrics into sound alike English, yeah. which is something that I I wish you had never shown me because now I can't unhear it, which feels stupid. It's like, well, dear, I don't want to die or some shit. I I want my LeMay, goddammit. <laughs> no, they're in Bambara, which is a Malian language. Um, th- shout outs to to Fatumata's uh, manager. Uh, she just gave me the English translation, so I don't have the transcription of the Bambara language. But what she's singing here is, it's kind of minor. She sings, uh, when, when friendship strives, sorry, don't listen to other people, sorry. When it's going well, going well, sorry, sorry. That's what she's saying. Okay. So, I think that fits my read. It does, especially the, uh, the friendship strives. Right there, I feel like there's like a small like collection of songs you could put together where the chorus is just somebody saying "sorry" or "I'm sorry," and I was wondering if you have any that come to mind because a big one for me has always been uh, "South Central Rain" by REM. Oh, that was exactly what I was going to go to. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm sorry. It immediately springs to mind as soon as music and the word "sorry" comes to mind. Would be cool if we got Michael Sipe on a Gorilla's Song Machine episode. That would be a fun pull. Wouldn't that be a fun pull? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. We need a little bit of old school indie rock queerness on a gorilla. We need some Where's We that? need some 80s alternative icons. Oh, wait. We have something else to talk about in a few minutes. <laughs> we do. We do. I think Fatumata is a real secret weapon. She's very, she's I think very she's, good. She's just one of many elements that really gels together here. Her voice is so powerful. So powerful. Mm-hmm. And she's also just working it with scales that are stressing like different notes and intervals than the other like more western based music ideas on this track you know she just she's a very good counterpoint yeah, yeah she's just pushing it into a different direction maybe you can attribute how well that gels together to the song's producer who is james ford i believe the now now james ford is back do you think this is a di- this can't have dated back to those sessions you don't think do you i wanted i wanted to talk to you exactly about this in context of this song because i think from the lyrics about being a long way from land to the brass accompaniment this track would have felt right at home on plastic beach which oh, has wow, me, yeah which has left me wondering like how many of these songs, or at least like rough versions of them, might predate the Song Machines project? It would be weird though if James Ford has broken the Gorillas producer curse and been asked back to produce more Gorilla stuff. That would be, yeah, he'd be the first one, right? He'd be the first one. I can't make up mm-hmm. my mind. I could kind of see this growing out of a now now track, and I could see it being something brand new. I just, just can't quite. I'm on the fence, man. I'm on the fence. It feels like it could belong to several different eras of gorillas. In fact, a couple of the songs do, I think. Maybe uh, Momentary Bliss is the only one that I can't really place in the earlier gorillas catalog. That'd be tough to do. It feels like its own mm-hmm. animal. Yeah. That breakdown in Desolate is pretty weird. When everything kind of just like falls apart and then like the synth horns take a few stabs and it's like, 
oh, the song kind of over and then the groove comes back in. I like that part. It makes me think of like stuff like the extended horn break in the live version of Broken and stuff like that. I could see them really drawing it out live. In fact, there is like a longer version of this song, right? Yeah, the video version's too long in my opinion. It's five and a half minutes long. Most of that goes into this really long outro. And I think mm-hmm. that this song, the single version works way better for me. I just don't think there's quite enough going on here to last that full five and a half minutes. Um, Agree. I don't need this one to be a very big vamp. I think it's nice as a concise little number. Yeah. 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 I think my favorite, like, single sonic element, though, beyond that bass line is that, like, wind whistling sound that goes throughout, I think, the whole song, doesn't it? It's there pretty much the whole time. Just in the background. Almost makes you think of that white noise in the background of uh, Slow Country the entire time. Anything else to say or can I talk about that video? Let's talk about the video. I don't really remember this one too well. Oh, I got a one-sentence summary. It'll be very helpful for you. Great. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Everybody C2D because he's sailing on a boat. Oh, very good. And Murdoch is not invited either. He's not there. Murdoch's not in the video? Yeah, the idea is they like go through a portal in Kong Studios and they end up on this boat uh, with Damon Albarn and, and Fatuma in Lake Como, Italy, which is this uh, this lake, Trevor, that the Huffington Post called the most beautiful <laughs> lake in the world. And in fact, it's been a destination for aristocrats dating back to the times of ancient Rome. Interesting. It is nice. I think it has been nice to see Damon with the characters in videos. That's not really something we've gotten before. It's fun. It's fun. It kind of feels like one thing that's definitely new to the song machine is this Jamie Hewlett style of like animation jamming. He's like jamming in these videos of like, uh, it'd be cool if I put something here. I'll make a little face over that guy. You know, like it's it's very yeah. interesting that he's doing that. That's a good way to put it. Uh, I my favorite visual element of this. You must remember, Trevor, those interesting shots where off in the mist over the mountains are all these like looming kaiju-like monsters. You know, like some big crazy spider monster off in the distance. I think there's like a Godzilla at one point. That stuff's great. I do remember the giant monsters. Those were one of my favorite parts of the video, for sure. Uh, and best dressed, I mean, you know, it's a. It, do I even need to say Fatumata? It's not even close. She's got that big, bold, colorful print, that red head wrap. She's looking fucking slick. So far, both best dressed awards you've given out have gone to collaborators. I'll be interested in seeing if any of the band members get one tonight. Mm, we'll see, because I don't think there are any collaborators in the next music video. The next music video for the next Song Machine episode, Aries. Featuring Peter Hook and Georgia. Peter Hook of Joy Division and New Order. Fame. Hell yeah, I was I was really excited when I saw that they'd gotten him. I've always been a really big fan of Joy Division and a slightly lesser fan of New Order. I've always been a Joy Division boy at heart, but those are both great classic acts. And Peter Hook is like a legendary figure in like alternative music. Oh, no doubt. It almost feels like he should have been on our like pool of, if we had a betting pool of gorillas collaborators we expect to see you know like yeah i feel like instrumental collaborations are never one 
as you like reach for at first, but he definitely makes his presence known on this song like few other instrumental collaborators I think would even be able to because you know he's he's got that he does that cl- Peter Hook for people who don't listen to Joy Division or New Order has this classic style of playing bass where he instead of playing normal bass lines he almost uses it as like a lead instrument where he plays melodies on the high strings and applies this really heavy signature chorus effect to it which is you get a lot of that on this song. He's got a he's got a signature tone that's instantly recognizable, like a Santana tone. And know? it's it's so cool that it like gorillas have been blessed with it for a track now. I think that's awesome. And uh, this is again co-produced by James Ford, who plays some synth on the track as well, uh, as well as uh, let's tip the hat to Nigerian Afro pop producer P2J, who does some additional drum programming. This one came out on. Uh, the 9th of April, Trevor, and I gotta say, I've heard some I've heard some people in the fandom turn their nose ups a little bit at uh, at Aries. Maybe maybe talk a bit of smack about Aries. Where does a where does a Trevor Ickrath fall on Aries? I've seen that too, but I've also seen some people really passionately embrace this track. It's one that kind of like like Momentary Bliss took a little while to grow on me. I although I feel like this is one where I instantly got it on my first listen. I was like, oh cool. Grill song with Peter Huck, they're doing a New Order song. Like, that's exactly what the song sounds like. And I feel like, you know, there's a, like, there's an instinct to dismiss it for just being kind of like Gorillaz doing a New Order song. But I think this is a really lovely one. And I think it's interesting that it's the second Gorilla song we've gotten named after a character from Greek mythology after Andromeda from Humans. Because I feel like that's that almost must be intentional because these two songs remind me a lot of each other in terms of like mood and vibe and just like the emotional headspace Damon is in. Good fucking point. And let me let me keep people in in suspense no longer. I think this song is fucking sick. I love this song. I think it's a it's a, a home run execution of that like classic new wave shit. In fact, my gorillative for this song, Trevor, is classic. I think that this has. All the makings, all the nostalgia and warmth uh, that just, like, immediately transports me to that era of music. I also think this kind of would have, like, there's something about this song that feels kind of D-sidesy to me. Sure, I could see that. You know, right alongside with a, with a, a, a 68 state and a highway under construction, just like a fucking... Mm-hmm. It's got that vibe, you know? I think Damon's voice as it ages is really nicely suited for this kind of moody minimalism where you say a lot without doing too many big moves you know Um, i'm it's we're getting some really good damon performances from this project and i'm glad like i don't know if he really did take the human human's criticism that much to heart but it feels like definitely like there is a fan servicey element to these songs which is impressive because at the same time i also feel like they take a lot of risks and they're like overall pretty adventurous yeah i do think that he's a little gun shy about getting too far out of the spotlight like he might be a little afraid of getting taken to task for not being on the songs enough maybe mm-hmm. but like between his vocal performance on this one and his great vocal performance on momentary bliss i think we're getting a lot of good damon out of this phase and you know damon albarn born march 23rd is himself an aries oh i didn't know that that's cool this song was released in the thick of aries uh season on the 9th of april and i got a theory trevor that damon albarn may have typed in quotes aries traits into google because (laughs) when you do that 
the little result you get before all the results, when it's like a definition that Google shows you, uh-huh. describes Aries as uncomplicated and direct in their approach and as having a cheerful disposition, which speaks to the two lyrical refrains in this song. I'm a model that is uncomplicated yep. and you can play a happy tune on me. Very interesting. That definitely sounds like it was what happened, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Kind of? Yeah. We also we also revisit a couple of classic gorillas Albarnian metaphors here, like the volcano, as previously used on Demon Days, like uh-huh. to represent the eventual catastrophic explosion when dystopia hits its its critical mass level. Fire coming out of the monkey's head. Yeah, here he describes looking out at a volcano and trying to read the world today, which is great. Like 2020 dystopian imagery of like Damon Albarn craning his head out his window, being like. I wonder if that thing's going to blow pretty soon. kind of seems like it is, right? Yeah, that is an apt metaphor. And then and then the second, of course, being the beach, which which represented in the past the, the untouched natural world that gets corrupted by by inconsideration and excess from, from us wretched demonic humans. And like here the focus, Trevor, is on the tidal cycle, the high and the low tide. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, is the premise here that, that the state of the world follows such a cycle you know and that the high tide times are like times like these full of 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 tumult and 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 complexity and fear and you're standing on that beach but it feels like you're going to get swept up and and fall in right but then the fear in that metaphor trevor is that what if you then use it to recede into a into a complacent non-active place and you say well you know this, this this too shall pass right and that's that's a conclusion. I've been thinking about this a lot, Trevor. That's a conclusion that one can only reach from a position of safety and privilege. And of course, Damon Albarn, a millionaire, is going to be fine no matter what happens with the volcano. Damon Albarn's going to be fucking fine. But maybe maybe we shouldn't think about well, the low tide will come. Maybe it's time to fucking fall in, right? Slosh around, grab a brick, and throw it at a you know who. I'd like to just take this live episode as an opportunity to engage with the audience real quick and ask if anyone else has like a, as hard a time following along with Dylan when he goes on these long tangents as I do, or if it's just an effect of actually recording the podcast, because I feel like sometimes my eyes just glaze over. So let's see in the chat if you guys like how much, how much of that did you get? My goddess was speaking. I know that I was clear and full of truth. <laughs> I really like this song though. It's a good one. <laughs> Who's Georgia? Georgia is a synth pop singer songwriter from London who makes some really beautiful uh, uh, sort of confessional, moody, personal synth pop music. And on here, she's just doing percussion. She doesn't even play a synth. She just plays percussion. Okay, so some of the beats, courtesy of Georgia, are from Georgia, who's uh, who's important enough to get a, a credit. So I think this one's cool though. My relative was yearning because I think this one finds us like still in kind of the same emotional headspace as we explored in Desolée. I think momentary bliss in retrospect almost kind of feels like an outlier in terms of like the mood of these tracks over Desolée, Aries, and the next song we're going to be talking about. Things really do take a much more introspective and reflective turn. Yeah, that's a good point. It it does kind of feel like like you often find like I don't know if these are it's supposed to be like a mirror of what's going on now, but a lot of these songs find the the speaker or narrator 
like wanting to reach out and connect with somebody and like ultimately not being able to do that or being fearful that they're not going to be able to do that. And they also feel like we're catching them in these personal, reflective, quiet moments, you know, moments with themselves on the beach, mm-hmm. moments perhaps on a on a lake visited by Roman aristocrats looking off at kaijus and thinking, oh, I'm sorry I did that to that person. I'm sorry. This is another this is another one that almost feels like it could be a plastic beach song for me. I feel like there's an alternate phase three where instead of getting half of the clash, we got like half of New Order. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, that'd be kind of sick, right? I also do think that yeah. Peter Hook on this track is like that's what gets stuck in my head almost more than anything else on the song machine is that bam down 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 that's Oh yeah. I mean it's it's if that was if he had written that and recorded it for a New Order song that New Order song would have been, like, a classic one. Yeah, definitely. I It's, like, been soundtracking my head chatter, that riff, <laughs> for a couple of months now. Peter Hook joins in on the vocals for the High Tide part, too, right? High Tide! High, high Tide! tide. Yeah, I think there, there is some Damon in there, although it took me watching that Jimmy Kimmel live performance to... To really discern it. Let's talk about that. Gorillas back on late night TV for the first fucking time since I guess they did a, a humans set, didn't they? On something or other. Something or other, but yeah, we haven't. I think they did Let Me Out uh, mm-hmm. for Colbert or something. But yeah, this was they did a socially distanced Jimmy Kimmel performance. They did, and I don't have any of it to play, but I did want to listen to the intro because it has a what I, what I find for some reason to be a quaint little introduction by Jimmy Kimmel. I think it's always interesting to hear like, you know, people outside of the Girls Project talk about this thing because they always choose to do so in weird ways. And we get to hear Damon do the uh title drop at the beginning, which is interesting. I don't think that's him in the studio version, is it? No, I don't well, I'm, I guess yeah, I, I sincerely doubt that it's him on the studio, but it's cool to hear him do it live. All right, let's hear that intro. What you're about to see is special. This is the first time Damon Albarn has ever performed a duet with one of his animated pals and here now one of his animated with a socially pals. distanced performance of Aries from the third chapter of the Song Machine series, Gorillas. Good evening. Aries. That's, that's that rules. I love that's it, a yeah. Lot of fun. And it's like, it's a, it's a it's, fine performance. It's basically Damon playing along to the track with a piano. But I do think that, that framing it in this way of Damon and 2D trading off on the verses contextualizes the song in a slightly different way. Like, it, to me, it makes the whole COVID isolation parts of the song really stand sure. out more, you know, of like, uh, you know, being sick of the isolation and being, being, having to tr- exchange this, this duet via simulcast, you know? And of course, Damon, Damon is in a room that I'm assuming is in his house and it literally looks like a fucking Kong Studios clutter dump website room that Jamie Hewlett designed. It's got like statues and weird posters and shit all over the place you know and 2d is in a separate room which has a similar aesthetic he's in studio 13 okay he's in studio 13 and he's not alone he's got a little friend hanging out in in the background who do you think it's who do you think is that dude in the bath towel with the horse mask on who do you think that is it's gotta be it has to be damon doesn't it like it has to be i want it to be really badly i feel pretty confident that it is it just it's very funny he comes out he does some karate a few stretches some posing it's very good he does some yoga it's great a a little bit of a flip side to the is that damon question on the genius page for this one it attributes the uh the title drop of the winning to russell which is definitely (laughs) 
something I distinctly remember doing at like 15. Like, yeah, Ghost Train. Ghost Train, Ghost Train. that has Russell vocals on it. That's Russell. He's doing the weird rap. Convince like, me I'm wrong. The cut up rap. <laughs> I gotta tell you, the Gorillas fandom on, on Genius.com be fucking wild. They're out of control. There's some wild shit going on. They're out of control. I didn't remember. Wasn't there some psychopath who went like line by line? through all of Demon Days to explain how every lyric is about Paula Cracker. <laughs> that I don't remember happening on, happening on Genius, but I would be surprised if it didn't happen on some corner of the girls' fandom. He's just like, in this lyric, Tootie's thinking about Paula and his regrets, and it's just like, this is fire coming out of the monkey's head, bro. What are you doing? To be fair, I definitely compared some of my worst breakups to imperialism. <laughs> Let's talk about the video for Aries. Sure. I got a one-sentence summary for you. Hit me with it. Murdoch Nichols straddles 2D from behind before entering him with a small prick. I thought you were offering a one-sentence summary of the Aries video, not the Gorillas fanfic that I just published on <laughs> Archive of Our Own. You know, great minds think alike, Trevor. That's true. And you and Jamie Hewlett, you're just exploring similar parts of the Murdoch-2D relationship right now. I do have a great mind. Yeah, no, this is the one where they're riding a motorbike together, and uh, and then it went, like, halfway through, Noodle is like, I'm worried about 2D, where's 2D? And then they start following him, and then at the very end, Murdoch pulls out a syringe to inject 2D with something. We don't see what happens, but then in the single art, you see the the, the result of that, which is like, uh, 2D's holding his tummy where he got injected with something, and then I think Russell has tackled uh, Murdoch Nichols to the ground. Still, in 2020, nobody's taken care of 2D. It does feel like flutters of narrative, though, doesn't it? Like Murdoch Nichols tries to poison, he tries to poison Damon Albarn, it doesn't work. Everybody else gets to teleport to the lake, but he gets left behind and can't go through the portal. In this one, he's trying to inject 2D with something. It feels like, maybe not 100% sure, but it feels like perhaps pieces are being moved about the board maybe it's all leading up to some kind of new elaborate flash game where we have to steal 2d's organs again oi it's me Murdoch nichols on facebook vote for me in this poll but yeah aries really good song really love it and i'm glad we got a i'm glad we got a little little bit of a paula cracker reference during our conversation yeah, about it's it a little, just a little song machine paula cracker reference. A little paula cracker reference coming up in the live stream so do you want to talk about this next track uh friday 13th do i fucking ever I've been drinking and smoking too much That shit damages Give me a lot, I can do it myself I can manage it Two signs, I gotta leave And you know how it is You and me, we can take on the world We can be savages I called my dealer, said share the wire with all of us Really nice one Glad we're ending on a song as pleasant and lovely to listen to as this one. Featuring Octavian. Masterpiece! A masterpiece, Trevor. I fucking love this one, Trevor. You're a big fan. Produced by Damon and Remy, featuring French-British rapper Octavian, released the 9th of June, 2020. A gorgeous, warm, nostalgic, dreamy, dubby trip-hop song about... Asking your dealer to give you free cocaine. I fucking love it. I love it, man. It's it's definitely the most enjoyable one to just kind of put on, I think. I'm not, actually not surprised you're such a big fan of this one. Because what my favorite part of it, actually, I think, 
uh, reminds me a lot of this one particular subgenre or scene of hip hop that you're really infatuated with that I was hoping you could talk to me about again because I can't remember the exact specifics, but something about some kind of hip hop scene where like all of the R&B singers of great voices who would otherwise be singing the hooks on the songs oh, of course, got snatched up by another scene, yes. leaving like all of the like brutish rappers themselves with their low gravelly voices to try and sing these beautiful hooks themselves. Yes, it's completely dead on. That is the Houston hip hop ethos. The the DJ screw Houston hip hop ethos. They these were rappers in a in a economically devastated part of Houston. If you were a young lady who could sing, which were usually where hip hop hooks were coming from. Uh, you get snatched up by the traveling gospel choir world and and be on the road mm-hmm. singing for Jesus. So the dudes had to had to innovate, and they came up with two solutions. One was let's go down to the elementary school and have the kids all sing my hook, yeah. which which a lot of them did. And two was fuck it, I'll just sing the hook myself. I can sing, why not? Right? And that is totally I completely agree. I think Octavian just fills this with so much personality. Can we do relatives real quick? Sure, mine is. I feel like a similar mode to the uh, last one. Reflective, like reflective. I it's it's very present. I went with delicate. That's another good one. I th- yeah, I think there's something that's just like oh, it's just like you have this little robin's egg of a song in your hand, and you have to be. It could just shatter if you if you look at it too hard. There's something so, I don't know. There's something so sweet and so vulnerable. Another word bouncing around in my head was vulnerable. Yeah, yeah you hit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of it, like so much of it, is due to that Octavian performance. Yes, I think he gives the performance of the season so far for me. There's so much nuance. It's so intimate. He even starts with one of the best moves of the season, the way his voice cracks on, I've been drinking and smoking too much. That's so good. It's an interesting thing to, like, that happens at the very beginning of the song, too. This one took me off guard the first time I heard it. Like, I can't think of another gorilla song that really feels like this. It feels more in step with, like, contemporary hip-hop than they've ever been, in a way. Yeah, I could see that. But, like, can we please give massive kudos to Damon Albarn, who wrote a perfect synth line for the vibe of this track. Mm-hmm. I can't stop thinking about that synth line. It's so, the delay on it, the farty little synth, the it's so good. It's almost Twin Peaksy in the way that it stirs me. Yes, Twin Peaks is a good point of reference for this one. I wouldn't have come up with that myself. Big fan, big fan. And when that pre-chorus pops off, when he when Octavian finds that melodic line, I told my dealer, I said, share the white with all of us. That's like, mm-hmm. it just gives me the full-on fucking warm fuzzies. It's so syrupy and it's such a beautiful melodic move you know like and i love what about what about on the vamp when octavian just goes like fuck i meant to just rhyme on this rap on this like oh man i got i took too much xanax and or cocaine and i and i made a beautiful confessional pop song that's wonderful (laughs) one of the most beautiful parts though has got to be damon coming in for like the last minute or so of this one and the track just kind of like vibing out till it reaches its conclusion it took me a while it took me a while but i got there with it initially that was the moment where i was like is damon afraid of what the fandom will do if he if he hangs back and doesn't sing on these songs but i i'm definitely i'm there now i feel it now it just for a second it felt like maybe an intrusion on the vibe of the song but i do think he wraps around it in a, in a good way i think everything gels here really well i just think that i just think that like it's just it's such a special little 
pretty weird little honest song, you know? And it's not even that, like, he's necessarily singing about the sweetest, most beautiful things, you know? He's he's talking about getting fucked up. That second verse where he starts rapping, he's talking about beating some dude up. But there's just a, there's a persistence of vulnerability in the delivery that, that it just grabs me right by the soul. I think it's gorgeous. Yeah, and I think what's so affecting about it is that you don't necessarily or typically associate vulnerability with like this like genre of hip hop that girls are doing here. And I think that's what makes it such a kind of striking experience. Somebody in the chat just said, I could imagine Kid Cudi doing this. I could too. I could too. But I think that Octavian is earning his his emotionality a little bit better than Kid Cudi has for me in the past. It definitely feels like there's less of an outward effort to it. Feels like kind of more natural. I also like listen to the other Octavian stuff, and it's nothing like this. That dude's like trying to be UK Travis Scott Jr. on his other shit. So it's cool. It's cool that like I don't know. This is just a what a vibe. What a fucking vibe. This song. I love it. Yep. Just the you know latest in. The, the latest in the ways that the Song Machine Project has really surprised me. In a fucking hot, hot run. Let's talk about the video. Sure. I got a one-sentence summary for you. Here it is. Okay, I hope it doesn't describe my fan fiction again. I don't think I'm going to be the first person to draw this connection, although I've not looked into fan reactions, but I just, I'm betting I'm not. Uh, a global pandemic throws a wrench into the production schedule of Gorilla's video shoots, which emulates the condition of the low-budget early days of Phase 1, so Jamie Hewlett basically accidentally ends up remaking the Tomorrow Comes Today video. Who would have seen that coming? Because he just, just a camera flying through a tunnel at night. You got the yellow washed out lights. You got the band members standing there and lip syncing to the music. Although, kudos, kudos to whoever's idea it was to get Russell to sing the line, I don't talk too much, man. That's a real... That's a chef's. That's very good. That's a chef's kiss of a moment. That's very good. <laughs> nice little self-referential humor. Hard to pick a best dress though, because like everybody's shot in extreme close-up. So, does Groove Bones count <laughs> during the little Gorillas production title card at the end? Because Groove Bones has a fit. That's a real fit. I've often seen Groove Bones referred to as the honorary fifth member of Gorillas. So, <laughs> I'll give it to him. He's the guy. He's the guy. Do you wanna? Do you wanna rank these? songs that we've got so far what's the what's the best way to do this bottom to top yeah definitely bottom to top i don't know if i want to include um uh how far although i would say i probably don't like it quite as much as the proper song machine songs it would be if we're ranking it it's my number five yeah all, all respect to tony allen if we're ranking it my number six is, is song machine theme <laughs> sure my i guess it's it was really hard for me to put these in order because i really do like them all so much but i think a couple of the songs have really grown with me, and there is one song that has just kind of stayed static, and I would probably say that was Desolate. Okay, I feel very strong about my number one and my number last picks here, and then the two in the middle I've kind of wrestled with myself. But my number four, Trevor, is also Desolate. Nice. We're in the hand-holding club. I, li- I do love it. It's I very love good, it. It, I love and it, it felt it was tough putting it last because it is such a really solid track and like has a lot of the things that I want from a Gorillaz song. They nailed it on that one. It's got great vibe. It's got a great performance. It just doesn't necessarily get its hooks quite as far into me as everything else here. Yeah, yeah, that's how I would describe it. It's the only one that hasn't revealed itself to me over time. Maybe it will in the future and it'll climb the ranks, but for now, I'd probably have to rank it last. What's your number three? All right, number three, I'm wondering if if this is where we depart. My number three, 
And again, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I've, I've, I locked this in like a few minutes before we started, but I do feel pretty strong about it now. My number three is Aries. This is going to be where we have to part, unfortunately, because I know you love it, but my number three is probably Friday 13th. That's okay. So we're, so that there still can be two hosts of Tallulah Monkeys. As soon as we start agreeing on everything, just fucking fire one of us, right? Because then, yeah. What are we even listening to? Two guys be like, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. The, the super host of Hallelujah Monkeys, Trillin Flincraft. But I mean, Aries fucking rules. And it also like... Aries is very good. And I gotta say, Friday 13th fucking rules. I think one reason why it might be towards the bottom half of my list is because this one only came out, well, like two or three days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. had a ton of time to live with it it's made a very good first impression though aries is like i use the phrase getting its hooks into me it might have gotten its hooks into me more than anything else here i hum it a lot i think about it a lot i think it's got interesting things going on in its theme and everything it's just it's maybe it doesn't like have as quite of as an explosive uh <laughs> presence in my brain as these other two songs but it's still like top tier material it's still very good mm-hmm. so how do you want to go into our one and two What's the most fun, drama-filled way to do that? Okay, I... I feel like your pick is obvious. Do you just want to say what your number one was? My number one is Friday 13th. Yes. And my number two is Momentary Bliss. Okay. I think that Momentary Bliss is like... It's like a... It's a feat of recording. It's like one of the most daring things that the band's done in a while that still comes in the form as a pop song. You know? It's not like a... Just a weird B-side tossed-off piece of experimentation. No, it's like... It's it's trying to push forward, but also trying to think about sensibility and, and accessibility. And it's super, super effective. But I just, nothing makes me feel the same way as Friday Friday 13th does. Friday 13th makes me have feelings in a big way. In a big way. Well, Momentary Bliss is my number one favorite of the Song Machine songs we've gotten so far. I think it is one of the best distillations of like what the gorillas project should be and sound like that we've gotten in like a long time. It's one of the most adventurous uh, cuts from the sessions we've gotten. It's one of the most like freshest and newest, I think. And I just love that. It sounds like a 21st century special song, 21st century Britpop song. It's really cool. And like, the kind of stuff that I think gorillas should be doing in this day and age, the kind of stuff that they're kind of the only contemporary act that would be mixing these flavors you know like who else a little a little bit who else would have gone here i mean there's lots of cross-genre pollination acts out there but this feels like a distinctly gorilla's concoction to create to me yeah aries is super high up there too though i just can't understate like how cool it is for me as the person who listens to the kind of music i listen to for peter hook to show up on a gorilla's song and grace them with like the kind of music that only he is kind of capable of producing. I think it's really cool. Octavian, come on the show, Octavian. Hey, Octavian, we'd love to have you on. Only take one Xanax so you don't have to leave. But but Octavian, take as many as you want. Just come on the show. <laughs> fucking fucking what the family's expanding. The Gorilla's family is expanding in meaningful ways with collaborators who I love and who feel like they belong in the family. It's a very exciting time to be a fan of the band. And I'm looking forward to the upcoming song machine tracks. I think the next one is rumored to be titled Pac-Man. That's fun. I heard that somewhere. Who knows? Maybe it's bullshit. Who knows? We'll probably, I, I imagine we'll pop back up after a few more have come out and talk about those. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do another episode when the book comes out. I'm looking at discord right now and I want to, I want to encourage some interactivity. So guys start typing some shit. 
uh, and I'll read it as we as we get into the dismount of this episode. I, what should we do, Trevor, for future Song Machine releases? Should we do some like should we should we do some like uh, uh, mini apps? Should we wait until a few pile up? What do you think? I just I just said what I think we should do. Were you looking at the chat while I was saying that? Yeah, I was. I straight up wasn't listening to you even a little bit, and then I immediately showed my hand by just saying the thing that you were trying to say. What did you say? I think that we should do another episode around when the book comes out, and we have a couple more songs to talk about, and we have a book to review. I think that sounds like a good idea. Okay, Glove the Glove, Dylan, Please Take My Wife, uh, Gwen, Stream Lover. Uh, Minimo, uh, Gag Me Daddy Dylan. <laughs> Uh, uh, Sammy runs. I love any content. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, this has been a live stream. It went. I think this was like pretty successful. I think we did a good job of this. Yeah. I think there was a time in the middle where we terrified people, but again, that's the role of the sure. artist. <laughs> I don't know if I'll include that. I don't have that audio when I edit this and put it together, but I'm sure it was something. I'm sure it was something. It's something I'd like to do again, Trevor. I think it was a, it was a good time for all. Now, here's the real question, Trevor. I'm going to do the thing where I, I do like the dismount talk up of the things you can visit and stuff. Yep. And then I want to see if we can get our sign off in one go. Okay, yeah, I've I've got a um I've got an outro queued up to play under us and it already has like, you know, the fade up where after we do the hook like inserted. So I want to see if we can really nail it. But like, you know, a peek behind the curtain. Sometimes when we take a while to do one of these, we get to this part and then it's a real fucking Canadian standoff of like, do you go? Do I go? Do you go? Do I go? Do you want to do you want to do you want to figure it out real quick or do you like or do, should we just do it in the moment? Do you want to trust ourselves we'll do it in the moment let's let's go by instinct okay okay you can find us on twitter at gorillas fancast you can send us an email to hallelujahmonkeys at gmail.com you can visit us on our website at hallelujahmonkeys.com i'm dylan flynn you can find me on twitter uh at dylan flynn you can find trevor ickrath on twitter uh at t-r-v-r-k-r-t-h which is trevor ickrath with none of the vowels, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hallelujahmonkeys. Our, our Instagram is at, I believe, hallelujahmonkeys. I think it is. You're running out of time. You gotta hurry. You gotta hurry. Until next time, I've been Dylan Flynn. You messed it up. I gotta say my name first. Until next time. I've been Trevor Graff. I've been Dylan Flynn. Don't get lost in heaven. Demo! We did it in one and a half tries. The bills, they must be paid. Is left is salt and cake typical oh you need to change your face you get it sold it's such a waste you know we could do so much better than this swimming in pools of momentary bliss where you gotta buy the bounty cause everybody take it meanwhile you keep on adding how big you gotta grow it makes me sick to fit doing happy in your skin is where it fits to think like ball can't play it's just flickers to them then it pumps and whether you're a
microwavable snack in Britain, isn't it? Like, it's some kind of, like, I think my audio might be gone. Like, it's some kind of, like, I think my audio might be gone. But there's a delay. I think we're I think I don't know what happened. I said my driver Okay. Yeah, I'm my back. I should be back. I don't know what happened. I said my driver Okay. Yeah, I'm my back. What are you guys hearing? It's looping over and over. I wanted to use this card. I know. Yeah, well, this was not. This would have not been fixed by that, unfortunately. It's looping. Do I still sound bad? Okay, I muted my thing and I came back. Okay. And I'm hoping... Okay, I muted my thing and I came better. Apparently I'm fine. Good now, good now. Trevor sounds fine. I Now it's good. Okay, I muted my thing and I came better. So yeah, Turkey, apparently I'm Good now, good now. Trevor sounds fine. I Now it's good. Okay, I think got banned for being full of Good now, good now. Trevor sounds fine. I Now it's good. Okay, I think got banned for being full of Good now, good now. Trevor sounds fine. Now it's good. What are you doing wrong? I don't know what I am. The chat is very. <laughs> hey, hey guys, can we get an F in the chat for all the audio problems? Could it be? I don't think it is. No, it isn't because they're not hearing it. Yeah. I gotta say, I'm very pleased knowing that I'm not the issue here. Like, whenever somebody says in the chat, like, Trevor sounds fine, I'm like, hell yeah, I do. Unmute. I'm going to try this again, folks, and we're going to see. I'm hoping that this Unmute. will work. I'm going to try yeah. this again, folks, and we're going to see. I'm hoping. Folks, the live stream doesn't this actually will work. With this. this is just something I'm going to try this again, folks, and we're going to see. I'm hoping. Folks, the live stream doesn't actually work. Let's try something that will make my. Audio way worse. But all of the all of the messages that's just like oh god no are super unhelpful by the way. Yeah. Uh, okay. So right now you're just going to be hearing my laptop microphone audio, and that's all you're going to hear. I think that's totally fine. I think the 
the billion dollar microphone you have or whatever doesn't make a lick of difference when it's like reduced to streaming quality. Yeah, motherfuckers, just deal with it. This is going to be fine. All right, cool. I don't even have anything to deal with. We're all good. We're all good. And honestly, I don't care that I scared you. In my opinion, you had an emotion, and that's the role of art. <laughs>